The Sunshine Patriot in a crisis shrinks from the service of their country. But winter is coming. Did you hear the call? Winter is coming, and we know what is coming with it. No matter your thoughts or convictions, you must be prepared for the hardships that come with the winter. No matter your current position on the journey, stay a while. This is where you can find the tools and the fire to continue on your path. Join Odin and Fear and answer. Hello, welcome to another episode of Winter's Call Podcast. And here we are, our third, I think, third, on prepping. I'm Odin. This is Deer. And uh, we're going to talk about water. Uh, we thought about doing it the three minutes without air, three hours without shelter, three days without water. But let's be honest, if you don't have air and you... Yo, you're not going to live long enough to worry about it. And uh, as it stands right now, any shelter in the storm. I mean, unless you're literally out in the woods, there are buildings that you can stay in. So that one's not a huge issue. We'll cover that one, but... I suppose it's, it's, it is rather easy to find shelter. Yeah. Even even in places that you don't think, it's still really relatively easy to find shelter. But... Water. Water. <laughs> Water. Water. Yeah. Hell, I can't even make it through a podcast without drinking a couple liters of water. So, and that's an hour, so I can't imagine in a survival situation. Which is funny, because if you look at, uh, we had we had mentioned the difference between prepping and survival. And no place is there a difference in technique or there shows a big difference in technique than the than water than the water issue because <laughs> yep. a, a survivalist needs to know how to filter it from natural sources as he <laughs> can because there's no way that a person can carry the amount of water that is necessary for a long-term survival situation they have to know where to find it and they have to know how to purify it and a prepper, on the other hand, they're more concerned is gather the supply ahead of time, how to store it long term, and uh, filtering it is important, but if you have a lot stored up ahead of time, it's not so much of an issue. But survivor situation, yes, yes, you need to know. So yeah, what, what we're going to do is we're going to break it down into different sections. So we're going to sit here. We're going to talk about different ways to purify water first. Those, these are for your survivalist guys. Because uh, uh, through the years, I've uh, heard a lot of stories, horrible stories, when we've gone Oof. camping and, you know, about people that are stranded out in the water or out in the wilds for days. You know, you hear about, oh, I'll just eat snow if they live in winter climates. But... That actually is you know, that, the that, worst way to. I was gonna say that that if you've ever taken a look at at snow underneath the microscope, and it's like, oh god. Well, no, even if shit. it is pure snow, it is more efficient to gather the snow and melt it, and then drink that than it is to just eat snow. You're you just can't eat enough snow. Okay, let me let me let me put a little correction here. There is no such thing as pure snow. Oh shush. Okay. Well, there is there is snow that you can eat 
or drink that won't kill you versus like if you're Alaska, Canada, uh, out in the wilderness, in the mountains, you're in a bug out location, you're running from a tyrannical government, you know, you, you know, like Australia, right? You sit here and if you have snow. I know, I know it was just an example of running from a tyrannical government. You need to know, you know, there are places where you can eat snow right off the ground. And we did it as kids. And if you say you don't, you're a liar. Uh, Yeah, but no, there's a couple reasons why I say there's no such thing as pure snow. Uh, All snow has some kind of particulate in it. And most of the time, if you're in the middle of nowhere, you're perfectly fine. But I would suggest if you're in any rural suburban or lower 48 states yeah don't (laughs) but here's the other reason why i always get mad when people say well i'll just eat snow it's like you're going to lower your core body temperature to satisfy your thirst instead of waiting for a little bit to heat it up boil it or however well even if even if you don't even if you don't boil or even if you don't boil it you should still melt it because you sit here and you get a higher quantity of water if you melt it versus the same type of volume of snow. So uh, always, always do that. But, you know, a lot of people never make it back. Um, But those that get back always tell the same tale. The one thing they can't live without is clean water. You know, unlike food, right? We can live without water for three days as opposed to food, which is three weeks. In a hot environment like in the south, that that three days drastically reduces can be cut into a number of hours. If you if you're overweight and you go into a hot environment, your water and salt intake drastically increase. So the problem with surviving for extended periods of time in the wilderness is there's no way you can carry enough water. Uh, to last for weeks. So this is why we want to talk about uh, survival skills and tools, what you need uh, before you go, you know, before it's time to run, before it's time to become a survivor. Because, you know, like we said, it is important to practice and to get your knowledge before the disaster happens than trying to read it from a book. Yeah, (laughs) as it's going on. Let me let me address something real quick. Most right. places, most places when you're out in the middle of nowhere, if it's a spring or an underground water source, most of those are usually safe. When it's got flowing water, it's crystal clear. Most of those are relatively safe. You can uh, tap trees like maples or birch, so you need to know what your trees are. But those usually are only good during the probably the later part of winter or so. Here's the biggest thing I always hear is precipitation. Rain, snow, hail, sleet, dew, all these. But I understand it, you want to collect it. It You do you want to, to collect it. Sure. You want to collect it, but you have to be sure of one thing when it comes to, to collecting rainwater especially. It cannot come through the canopy. Meaning it cannot come through the leaves, through the trees. You need to be out in a place where it's open. Well, if you... That's... Now that's collection. It, yeah, we're going to talk about, about purification it. first, because if you purify your water correctly, yo, there are these little things that you can get called life straws, or these little things. I prefer the Sawyer 
personal water filter, they do a lot more gallons and they have better testing results. But you can get them in packs of four from Amazon for like 30 bucks. Awesome, right? You carry one with you. It weighs a small amount. You can get it with the little extra bladder filter so you can carry it with you. It'll purify, it says in the package, 100,000 gallons. You can't carry 100,000 gallons no matter how hard you try. But as long as you filter out the major big sediments from going into your filter ahead of time, then it doesn't matter where you get your water source. And trust me, I have tested it out to drink it in some nasty water just to see what happened with it. And I have to say, I'm impressed. Right? If you have a pond, even if it, even if it is a god-awful looking pond, if you have something like a Berkey water filter, or even a, the Sawyer water filter on a bigger scale because they come in bigger containers, right? You're looking at an unlimited source of water and you're carrying very little with you in the process. And it doesn't matter where you get the water from, you just got to get the water. And that becomes an issue in your more desert-like climates than, say, Florida, where you can get it water... every damn day. It doesn't rain every day, but... Where it rains a lot, and there's a lot of rivers and natural springs, and the water table is like three freaking feet. You can pull water straight from the water. I mean, okay, look. I live 157 feet above sea level. My water table, if I dig in the ground in the highest point in my yard, I have to dig a total of three and a half feet in the dry season to hit groundwater. Just let that sink in. That is how much water is in Florida. So finding water is not the issue. Purification is the issue. You know, you used to hear you go into the Sahara Desert or, well, let's pick Death Valley because I've lived there too, right? And Death Valley, on the other hand, you can dig for days and never reach the water table. <laughs> so you need, to, you need to be able to gather condensation. You need to be able to take the, the moisture from plants I don't recommend cactus, even though they keep telling me that that's what I should look for. So much work. And it's disgusting. And it's horrible. Even through a filter. Even through a filter, it's horrible. But so you what's, can... the, what's the, the number one easiest way anyone can do? Oh, that's easy. Boiling. All right. So we're going to go through a list of purification, right? Uh, so the best way to purify water is to boil. Boil is the easiest to see oldest way of purifying. You just need a fireproof container and the means to make fire. We talked about last time stacking up on those uh, fire starters that I gave you the recipe for and Bic lighters. Right. And you remember I also said a, a cast iron of some kind. Right, but you don't necessarily need... Uh, you don't necessarily need a cast iron anything to boil water. Right? Actually, you know, funnily enough, you could use a cabbage leaf or a plastic bottle. Uh, I would stay away from the plastic bottle, especially can, yeah, something like a soda bottle. But here, if you here, have no other choice, here's my favorite. We it when my son was in Boy Scouts and I or was in Cub Scouts and I was a, a pack leader. Right, I sit here and somebody bet me that I couldn't boil water if I had no supplies. I said, do I get trash? And he goes, yeah. So I went and got a soda can. He goes, that's cheating. 
I said, fine. So I went and got a paper cup. I said, does this fit? And he goes, won't it catch fire? And I sit here and I poured the water in it. And I sit here and boiled the water inside of the paper cup. He goes, why didn't it burn? Because the internal temperature of the uh, the the water will stop the uh, paper cup from reaching uh, the boiling point or the burn point because the boiling point of water is lower. So it'll constantly keep it cool. Now, holding that thing is a bitch, but <laughs> it can be done. <laughs> but soda cans, empty soda cans, uh, coconut shells, all of these you can use to boil water if you need to. And I say coconut shells as a joke, but if you can sit here and find a way to waterproof palm leaves or uh, some sort of large leaves, elephant ears are great. Everybody grows them in their freaking landscaping. Uh, you're going to need to boil it, but you're going to want to wash that plant leaf first and use the the plant leaf as a last resort because some plants are poisonous. And if you boil them... <laughs> You concentrate the poison. Yeah. So, so boiling is probably boiling is boiling is is and here's a rule of thumb for it: five minutes is pretty much kills most things, but ten minutes is the safe side. Well, okay. So, uh, what you do is you take the, you take a t-shirt or some type of cloth and filter it as you pour it. Put the t-shirt over it before you put it into the whatever you're using to boil the t-shirt then you pour the clean pot boil it for a minimum of three minutes longer is better however you don't want to take the yeah because you it's better to boil it longer five to ten minutes i recommend 15 uh depending on what the water is looks like and then you sit here and make sure that the whatever you're boiling it in as a lid so that you don't lose condensation. As with any other thing, boiling water should be done with caution during emergency situation. You don't want to burn yourself because then you make it worse. But let the water cool before drinking. If there's a scarcity of fuel, like you're you're trying to man a fire but you don't have a lot of wood, uh, consider other methods of purifying your water because it is Sodas. a... What? Sodas. S-O-D-I-S. Yeah. That's the one that's going to drive you nuts because you don't like plastic. But if you have a clear plastic bottle, you can fill it full of water and leave it out in the sun. It's not Solar. a very good way. Yep. Solar. It's not a very good way, but it's... Uh, All right. It, it can help. So the second method, it, this one doesn't use fuel. But it does take some knowledge ahead of time. So if the source source of the water is cloudy and dirty looking uh, from contamination from like refuse and stuff like that, you want to pre-filter your water using water filters. You can get high-tech filtration, purification pumps if you want. That's the Berkey, the Sawyer, the Life Straws, those types. And those are great because they're... The, the Berkey filter is great for home use if you're a prepper, because then it means that you can filter your water from your storage, which we'll talk about later. But also so that you sit here and uh, uh, it, it does a larger volume faster. But if you are by yourself, the Sawyer and the Life Straws, again, I would go for Sawyer. And, but there are others out there. 
that you can sit here and you can use. However, if you're on the cheap or uh, if you're on the cheap, you can make them, uh, which purify water instantly, uh, squeezing the water through a ceramic or charcoal filter while treating it with chemical substance. Uh, it's easier to carry a water filter than to burden yourself with five gallons of water. But uh, you want two different water filters ready for the purpose of that. Uh, if your water is dirty looking, it's likely that one filter will not do a good job of filter or filtering. So, or filtration. The second filter should be used to clean the water a second time. You can improvise your own DIY filter. Uh, you can make a biofilter out of things that you find in the wild. Start with a cone. Uh, made out of strips of bark. Uh, fill it with consecutive layers of charcoal, sand, grass, and gravel, with the charcoal being at the bottom. You can get charcoal fairly easily from your fire, or uh, if you just happen to have prepped ahead of time and made your own activated charcoal, or stored your own activated charcoal, that's probably the best. Uh, while it won't work as good as activated charcoal, it will provide some filtering, especially if you break it into small pieces. Remember, the key with charcoal is it absorbs on the surface. So the greater the surface area that you have available, so grind it, uh, beat it with a rock uh, if you need to. Uh, and you let the water percolate through layers, coming out at least somewhat purified at the end. Keep in mind that the more filtering the water has, the better it will come out. Uh, insert a fine mesh pantyhose inside a clean athletic sock. Uh, pour the unclean water into the opening so the water slowly drains from the sock into the clean container. Several layers of clean clothing can be used instead of socks or uh, panty stocking. Make sure the water is repositioned periodically so that water is dripping down through a clean surface. Repeat the process until the water looks reasonably clean. So the, the layer is you want to put, well, okay. Um... They have two liter bottle demonstration here. I didn't know if they were going to cover it, but they have a two liter bottle where you cut it in half. You flip it upside down. You put a coffee filter at the bottom at the, where you would pour it. Right. That's the bottom of your filter. Then you layer it with charcoal, sand, where they got coarse sand, uh, grass, and then rocks. When it's flipped over and then you pour your water through and it'll filter its way then you can use it as its own little self-contained uh water filter again the quantity that you're getting is not going to be the highest and i would still recommend if you have the opportunity even after you filter it to boil boil it yeah <laughs> you don't have to in an emergency situation or where you can't but let's be honest if you can't stop to make a fire people are probably hunting you uh time for one of tears little moments if they're not chasing you if they're not chasing you let me leave you this little nugget of wisdom the 15 or 20 minutes it takes for you to boil the water beats the three days of shit your guts out (laughs) (laughs) i just better safe than sorry trust me been there done that it sucked right by the way when i was referring to earlier sodas with using the clear plastic that's a uh, solar water disinfection. So I'm getting to solar. I'm getting there. I knew you were going there. I just, I have well, a list. Oh, I didn't know you had a list. I'm just from, off the ones off the top of my head. From easiest, most available to the not easiest or most available. 
Well, this is what's this is where I'm gonna sound kind of weird. I when I was when I was really practicing and trying real hard at it, what I would do is I would because we're in an era, <laughs> we're in an era where finding a clear plastic bottle is relatively easy. Yeah, true. So I I always like to filter it through a shirt or through a you know through some other you know form of cloth, put it in a clear plastic container, let it sit out there. And this is when I'm getting water stores, not when I'm, you know, not what I'm needing to drink right away. Right. But then I would let it sit out there and then I would filter it through my, the filter that I made, which I never used grass. I've always used leaves, but I guess grass makes more sense. You could use leaves too, but. But uh, I usually use uh, a couple of big rocks on top, gravel, then leaves, sand, charcoal, and then I boil what's left. Right. Now, solar disinfection. When you put it, you need the clear, it, like it can't be colored at all, right? It has to be clear. And you it needs to be cleaned on the outside so that there's no, there's no place for the bacteria to hide. It can sit in the sun for at least six hours. So say you set it out in the morning, you have a place where it can get, it is certified safe to drink. By testing measurements, as long as the water was already clean beforehand. Not clean, but clear beforehand. Like, if you have a lot of sediment or you have a lot of uh, waste in it, then no. Solar won't. You're going to want to... Well, yeah, at that point, if it's if it's not relatively clear when you first start, then run it through the filtration system with the, the cloth. Run it through the filtration system again with the your, your sediment and then um, your, your homemade filter. And then put it in the plastic, and afterwards you can boil it if you need to. Yeah. So six hours, but the water has to reach a minimum temperature of 30 degrees Celsius. I'm going to make you do the math. No, you're not. I've got a, I've got a calculator. Oh, cheater. But it has to get to... I don't want to hear that from someone who's got a prepper Kindle. Just because you haven't figured out how to put a calculator on a Kindle yet doesn't bother me. I know how to do the equation. This is America. Why are we dealing with Celsius? So, okay, the the down and dirty conversion from Celsius to Fahrenheit. Because a lot, let's put it this way. Peop, more people around the world use Celsius, so therefore those that are into prepping learn the down and dirty method of conversion. So here's what you do. You take whatever your Celsius is, multiply it by 2, and then add 32 to it. So you sit here and you take 30 degrees Celsius, multiply it by 2, you get 60. Add 32, you get 92 degrees Fahrenheit. Just saying. In Florida, you could reach that temperature in like 30 minutes sitting it out there in direct sunlight. It still has. The, the know, temperature just... is not the issue, but it needs to reach that. The 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 good thing about that is is that if the bottle is clear and sits in the sun it doesn't require high temperatures in the environment that you're in because the sun's uv's is what kills the bacteria within the water the increased temperature just proves that it was working i guess so <laughs> but hold on we got other methods we got water drops and tablets Either is the little ones that we used to take camping. They're the little pills. Uh, you put them in or uh, bleach. Bleach can use. 
you can use it again pre-filter it always to get out the big particle sediments because as good as these tablets are for removing uh, the small microbes, bacteria, chemicals, stuff like that. It doesn't necessarily work so well. And the problem with these tablets and drops is the water tastes horrible. However, if you need it to survive, that is the quickest way. You put it in, half an hour later, you have water done, good, go. You can do it on the run. You can, you know, if you have a canteen or a Boda bag, you say you drop a couple of tablets in there or a couple of drops of bleach in there ahead of time. Fill it with the water, and it'll prepare itself while you're running from your tyrannical government. So, that that is the good side and the bad side with, and trust me, if you think that taste doesn't matter, or if if oh. you've ever, if if you've ever had stale water. You remember oh, that taste. Uh, now, imagine stale water make, with a chemical make, taste. <laughs> you can't even make stale water into soup and change that flavor. And true. So then you have the, uh, uh, this is more a prepper method, is the uh, solar still. Uh, you only need minimal gear in order to procure water via evaporation. Uh, you have a plastic sheet or a garbage bag, uh, a pan. A container at the bottom and a piece of rubber tubing. What you do is you just let it condensate and it collects it all into the center. So basically you're collecting evaporation, which is generally purified already. So you don't necessarily have to go through the other stuff. It is a good if you're going to camp in an area for for a couple of times. Uh, and Then again, if you're picking a campsite, you should pick one that's got flowing water. Well, yeah. Then there are then there are natural water purification agents that can be used for survival. Uh, citrus juice has been used for water for purification for decades. It's or well centuries really. Sources of citrus juice include lemons and limes. Uh, the citrus juice contains act antibacterial qualities known to serve as disinfectants. Good in emergency situations when treated water cannot be obtained easily. Easily. Drops of citrus juice are using commercial water treatment products when they are known to help in the process of water purification. However, again, you still need to filter it. These just add to it. You'll always need to filter first. Even if you're going to boil it because some uh, bacteria and creepy crawlies in the water uh, won't, they'll die in the boiling water, but you still don't want to drink them. And nobody likes to drink fetid water. Right. So charcoal is another good method of purifying water. We talked about the, the compressed charcoal, uh, which is a charcoal filter in itself. It removes chemicals and lead from water. It's best used with a sediment pre-filter. Powder charcoal can also be used for this, but it's a very messy process. Uh, do not use granular charcoal. Because water flows around the granules without being filtered. Yes. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm waiting. All right. So, banana peels. Uh, I knew it was coming. Banana peels are full of acids and other purifying molecules that aren't harmful to people. However, one of the biggest sources of contamination is heavy metals. Uh, let's see, some 
heavy metals. Mercury, lead, copper, iron. Other naturally occurring metals find their way into our water sources uh, it, from agricultural, industrial waste, and some are natural. Right? They're lethal to us, and they build up in our bodies over time. Uh, and like lead and mercury specifically target the brain. Uh, so in a society that is working, they use stuff like aluminum oxide, cellulose, and other stuff to extract the heavy metals. But they're not available to us. So, uh, and they have side effects of their own. Charcoal filters out impurities, but basically it can only, uh, it can get only the bigger pieces. Banana peels are not, are experimental, sort of. Uh, they contain atoms of sulfur and nitrogen along with, uh, oh, and I had to write this one down. Carboxylic acid. Carboxy? Carboxylic acid? Well, whatever. Anyhow, and other compounds. Uh, to, uh, so they become negatively charged, and the heavy metals in the water are positively charged. So they suck them up. And then they're bound to the banana peels. They stick to the peels and can be removed when you take the peels out of the water. It won't get them all, but you can get a significant amount of them. So I would put them probably, if you're going to use them, uh, if you're going to use them, uh, <coughs> you have them dried. Uh, dry the peels for a few hours, cut the peels into small chunks, place them in a food processor, and make dust or meal out of them. Uh, you can make place the peels or powder in a coffee filter or cheesecloth, pour the water through them. Again, if I was going to do it, I would lay the banana peels in between, when we talked about the sediment filter, in between the coarse sand and the fine sand. Usually make it easier, yeah, but I, I hate. And then the last one is iodine. So iodine is a uh, filtration method all, all on its own. Uh, you need to filter and purify it, of course. Right? Uh, so iodine kills the bacteria in water by disrupting the ionic balance with the pathogenic cells. Replace chemicals necessary for the ba bacteria or virus to thrive in iodine ions. So basically it targets, and you only need two drops per quart or uh, of clear water and 10 drops per quart for cloudy water. Let it stand for 30 minutes. It's kind of like the drops from before, except this one doesn't taste bad. And your body uses iodine anyhow. However, if you drink a lot of water, I mean, a lot of water, right? Iodine is not the way to go because iodine is good for the body. It helps with radioactivity in the thyroid and the lymphatic system, that kind of stuff. However, too much of it and it becomes toxic <coughs> in and of itself. Yep. So it is good for an emergency use. Not so much for, I'm going to do it every day, I'm going to purify 10 gallons of water with it and drink it all in a day. And remember, you only have to purify the water that you're going to use that day. Like, you're not carrying extra. And only for drinking. Stuff for cooking that's going to boil, it's going to get purified when you boil it, like in a soup or a stew. Right? The you should water, still strain it. 
Yeah. Like, and don't don't forget that you should still strain or maybe slightly filter it, but you don't. It's not as big a deal then. Right, and same with uh, uh, water for toiletry or uh, washing your clothes. As long as the water is clear, you should be fine. Uh, however, hygiene that water also needs to be purified. Not the hygiene that you use for cleaning yourself and your dishes. Not the you know. I need to wipe my butt with a moist wipe. That one doesn't have to be sterilized, because let's be honest. But what? Give me that look. I'm gonna be honest with you. What you say is true, except <laughs> something I want to point out to some people. Here's something you may want to consider. When you're suddenly in a shed hits a fan situation or a shift situation. And you're suddenly eating food that you're not used to. You're going to want that gentle water. <laughs> That's why I said the wet wipes. <laughs> yeah. So, like, no, you're okay. gonna want, you're gonna, if you're going to use water or if you've given yourself a case of the, the runs or hemorrhoids, probably you're going to want to make sure that water is purified if at all possible, just because of the case of infection. Okay, but for fair, the most part, fair, yeah, that, that, that's what I was getting. I was sitting there thinking, I was like, yeah, but how many people do we know that are just not used to that diet? So I have these little things. They're called tablet TP, right? You can buy them in boxes of thousands, right? And then there's little, they're probably the size of a dime, right? But you get them wet and they expand to be, think of the strongest freaking paper towel you can think of. That's what these turn into. So you can use them for toilet paper. They're flushable, but I prefer to use them as wet wipes on the go because then I just have to drip them in the water and then I can use them several times for cleaning. So no, 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 that's fair. All right. So I think we have covered most of the filtration Filtration yep. purification. It's not It's not as complicated as you think. Right, right. When in doubt, boil it. Yep. Filter it with a t-shirt, cheesecloth, before you boil it. Boil it. Run it through a filter if you want. Preferably charcoal if you want, but you don't have to. Once you boil it and you've drained it, you may want to drain it again. Put it in a container. But if you're going to sit here and transfer it into another container... Please do not be like some of the people that I know. Wash the container. You're going to put the stored water in so that you're not putting clean water in a contaminated water source. If you find a two liter bottle sitting on the ground and it looks clear and it doesn't smell, you should still wash it out before you use it to store water. Why? Because sometimes smell decays, and sometimes bacteria is hidden, and you don't know. You just don't know. It's better to be safe than sorry. Well, because bacteria do this thing where it's called encapsulating when they're they go into a, a form of stasis, where they the cell walls for the bacteria actually thicken, and they'll stay that way until they get. Oh, you guessed it. Water, moisture of some kind, something that is conducive to their, you know, their growth, their survival. And then they'll actually 
thin back out and they'll stop being active again. And they can stay that way for hundreds of thousands of years. Uh, they've actually found bacteria and things like that in ice in the Arctic and in the Antarctic that when they warmed it up and put it in water, it started growing again. Well, let's That's face why. it. Those are extremophiles, but yes. All right. We're scenario, remember? Yeah, I know. So, yeah, and yet we still got scientists who are digging them up, trying to defrost them to examine them. No! Do you understand what could happen if you introduce a pathogen into something that was used to taking out dinosaurs? Really? Let's not thaw this out. You just put a cap on it and say, and go, it's really deep. We're not going to fuck with it and we'll be good. Right? Burn it. Burn it with fire. Destroy so, it. All right. So we're going to go to storage. Right, This is more a prepper thing than a survivor thing, but it is still important if you're going to have the stores or if you need to bug in for a couple of days while the world goes crazy and you're going to wait to kill some of them off before you move. And that is a viable strategy depending on where you live. Right, So I'm going to introduce you to the easiest, simplest storage method in existence. Water, if it doesn't have bacteria in it, will stay for a very long time. So go get those generic two liter bottles of soda, drain them out, or however, drink them. If you don't have a soda habit, you know somebody who does. Ask them to keep the two liter bottles for you. And then wash them out, put water in them after they've been washed and dried. Put purified water in them and put them away. They're good for over a year, guaranteed. And you want to use soda bottles and not milk jugs. Because the milk jugs that you have, that you get from the store, one, are horrible. They break down over time. They are meant to decompose in less than two years. That's how they're designed. So if you put water in them and using them for water storage, I have a really good story of a podcast that I listened to where the guy had stored hundreds of gallons of water inside milk containers and came back and they had just broke down. Soda bottles are awesome. You can use them for water storage, clean them out, seal them up. They're stackable. They're resilient. They're used to holding an acidic substance, so they're, they're already going to resist. Uh, they're going to resist. They're stackable, and you can play with how to stack them if you want. Don't lay them on their side. I don't recommend it. But you can stack them up in in grids and then put a piece of wood on the top and stack them. You can stack them three high, and you're not going to crush them. Uh, you can fill up a huge amount of water for very cheap. Like I said, if you don't have a soda addiction, you know somebody who does. So you just ask them to keep the bottles. They'll be more than happy to give them to you. And then you just wash them out. You store it. That is the easiest way to do it. Right? That is the easiest and cheapest way to store water. And you figure you need two two liters per day. On average. So for every person, you need six two liters of water. I know a gallon is... Greater than two liters, but less than four. But two two liters is enough to stay on the safe point for drinking needs. And then there are other ways to get gray water, to get 
you know, you can tap the water in your water heater if the grid goes down, uh, water in the pipes. If you live in the city, if you live in a small town and they have a water tower, that water will flow for a period of time, but even without power. Just know that any water that comes out, you're going to have to boil. Water that you have pre-stored is basically free water. Get yourself a, count, uh, a counter uh, water filter. Uh, Berkey water filters are expensive. You can make your own, but it is not the housing that is expensive. It is the filters. But you can buy them cheaper than buying a Berkey system and just install them in your house. That is what I recommend for storage or for filtering in the house if you're going to stay. Rainwater is an excellent source of free water, but you cannot collect rainwater if you live in certain states like Utah, Washington, Colorado. They don't allow you to collect rainwater. Other states have that issue too, and sometimes, uh, what do they call them? Homeowners associations? Homeowners associations will not allow them to do it. Uh, I know it's a bit of a tangent, but how useless are homeowners associations? I mean, uh, like, what the hell? I purchased this house, I buy this property, and then I have to listen to some Karen from down the road that decided that everything should be pink and rosy? Yes. Fuck that. So, the average American uses almost 100 gallons of water per day, according to the EPA. In terms for showers and dishwashers and dishes and toilets and all of the little stuff builds up. However, in a survival situation, plan for one to three gallons for hygiene purposes. I would probably go three. Uh, so if you're collecting large amounts of water, right, rainwater or whatever. By the way, it's only illegal if you get caught. Oh, wait, no, I'm not. This is the disclaimer. If they tell you that you cannot collect rainwater while the society works really well, it doesn't mean that you can't prepare that when shit hits the fan, you can't set up a system and start collecting it then. Just saying. So. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention something that sounds silly. Right? Okay. Now this, this actually is the same for survivalist as it is for preppers uh look if you live by if you're by a river or you're by a creek or you're by some kind of moving water that's what you want preferable moving water well, do your washing and everything else in one spot and then go upstream to get your water correct i don't know how many people think that you could just use the same spot or they do it in a in a pond or a lake and i'm like why you're just contaminating your own water source for no reason. Yeah. Anyway, that's my rant for a second. So, all right. So, collecting rainwater seems simple. You put a barrel underneath the, the gutters. And for the most part, that is true. However, you want to have a filter first. You want a filter that screens bird poop. That gets washed off of the roof. Uh, if you have an asphalt shingle, the little rocks, you want to filter for that. Uh, leaves that get brushed down, 
that kind of stuff. Just basic stuff that's going to land on your roof. So you want to filter it first, right? So uh, sometimes really, really good. Like if you have a steel or a glazed tile roof, you can collect rainwater without filtering it. But if you have stuff like asphalt shingles, galvanized metals, we require you to filter the water uh, before storing it in order to the, remove the debris. So what I recommend is that you have it come down from your, uh, you have it come down from your, uh, you put a sediment filter up at the top before it comes down the downspout, run through a biofilter of some sort, let that biofilter do its work, and then put it into something like an IBC tote. An IBC tote ranges in size from 250 to 350 gallons, sometimes bigger. But the ones that you can get from the store, I recommend that you paint them black. Because if any light gets in there, and I do mean any light gets in there, you will grow bacteria. Which means all of that filter, all of those pipes, all of that piping system sit here and is useless because we'll all be full of algae and algae will grow algae needs two things heat and light and sometimes the heat isn't even required those of you who's ever had a swimming pool that you've opened up in the first part of spring and it's green that's why algae had sunlight that sit here and got into it and it just decided that it was going to grow so you paint it black and this isn't uh, this isn't for everybody, but if you are lazy like me and do not want to carry your water from one part of the house to the other, elevate your system as most as you as much as you can, because once it's elevated, right, or a solar pump, right, something that'll move the water using without electricity, either a hand pump or a solar pump, right. So that your water can be elevated because that water, then you can use pressure. And trust me, in a survival situation or in a grid down situation, the ability to have water that is flowing out of a shower is the best feeling you will ever get. And it doesn't matter if it's hot and cold. However, in the middle of summer in Florida, it's going to be hot. Just saying. We can get a whole different system there for making hot and cold water. But yeah, that ability to have the flowing water is crucial. <laughs> you remember when we, we had that discussion yesterday. We were talking about or the last time we did one, we were talking about morale being important. Yes. You would not believe how much a shower <laughs> will boost your morale. Right. So there are Multiple types of rainwater tanks that you can store it for large term. You have the underwater tanks. Uh, those are good for people who have limited space or you want to hide it, right? Again, you're not going to get the elevation, but if you have a solar pump, you know, just a little 12 volt DC pump hooked up to a couple of solar panels so you can move the water from one to the other, those will, those will still work, right? So you, but you want to put them in a light traffic area. You only have to worry about people who, uh, uh, the structural integrity of the ground uh, and the tank itself. So you have to worry, if you get a leak in an underground system, you're screwed, right? 
then you have above ground water tanks. These are your typical IBC totes. It doesn't require much work. It can be erected anywhere above ground. Uh, if you get them elevated, you can have uh, appliances to pressures. Uh, it's more susceptible to microbial contaminants, which is why you want to paint it black. Right there, so microbial contaminants, bacteria, protozoas—you know, these are the stuff that you get from the bird poop and reptile poop and amphibians uh, that have access to the roof or the tanks themselves. You know, from dust washed off of roof surfaces, that kind of stuff. In addition, you have leaf litter, lichen, moss, roofing materials. Uh, but that's why we're talking about the filter first. So, and also, when in doubt, filter and boil. Boil the shit out of it. Yes. I know it seems like I'm I'm, I'm broken record about that, but water is one of those things. Your the water that you drink is one of those things you do not want to fuck up. Right. So you can eat burnt food. You can have a leaky roof. Water will kill you. Yeah, lack of water. Yeah. So for what me and my wife did is we came up with a readiness checklist. It is uh stuff that we use. Uh it, it's a list that helps us determine how many we need and we go through it frequently. Uh to like right now, because we have flowing water, it's not so much of an issue. That's why our list gets evolved. Okay, so we could live without this one. We couldn't live without that one, right? So the readiness checklist. Number one, purpose. What are you going to use the rainwater for? The amount of care that you take for your tanks and how big your tanks need to be, right, depends on how you're going to use it. If you're going to use it for food preparation or for flushing the toilet, there are different levels that you need to do with it. Like. For example, if I have one that I'm only going to use for flushing toilets, filtering it is not a huge issue. Boiling it is not a huge issue. If uh if the filter go if the filter breaks or uh the pre-filters get gummed up and I sit here and realize that it has contaminated my IBC tote for toilet flushing, I don't care. However, if it is my drinking water, I really care. And it becomes a, a, a list of priority. You know, it becomes higher on the priority list. Especially in a grid down situation where every day is work, 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 right? So yep. the next is uh, the number of users, depending on uh, the number of people and pets in the household will determine the size of the tank and how much water I need to store. I like to go by the I know that the rule is technically one gallon of water per day for consumption for drinking and then one to three for hygiene I prefer to go five gallons per person so two for water three for hygiene uh just because I like to go bigger than smaller and if they don't use it all then I don't have to worry about it all so but I still and how many days am I preparing water for? Ideally, I'm going to store enough water for a minimum of three months. Uh, because by that point, 
I sit here and hope to have a collection other than rainwater going, right? Or it has rained at least once in three months. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh. Yeah, it's not as big, especially down here in this in the southern side. It's it's especially if you're in a coastal area or in between mountains. It's usually not as big a deal there. It's when you start getting more out west, Midwest, where you don't see rain for a good period of time, where you start getting screwed. Right. Rain is a very good. It's okay for me. It's a little different. Rain is a. It's an extra. It's nice to have. Right. But you never want to have that be your dependent. Right. But that like, like I have dependent. a pond. I have a pond near me and there's a several wells. Not well, yeah, wells too. I have groundwater wells. Uh, but we also have uh, rivers within walking distance. So, but say we're in the middle of a hurricane say we're in a battle situation right and i'm under siege if i don't have to go get the water then yay if i it's a great backup it's like it definitely is a great backup rainwater catchment is just a good one but when it comes to storage it allows me to fill up my tanks in the good times and then live on them if the bad times come for a while. A little bit of time at least. Right. But no, whenever you're looking at a survival situation or even prepping, you want multiple sources of water. Yes. Don't just depend on one. Like the roof is a great one. Uh, and a lot of times when I was thinking about, you know, when I'm thinking of setting up a shelter that I know I'm going to be coming back to or I'm going to be using repeatedly. I'll I'll set up a rain filtration system, but usually I'll try to use that for if I can, I'll use that for the hygiene or or other things cooking rather than my potable water for drinking. Right. And if you have the ability to store water in containers, no matter where the source is, don't necessarily put it in your house. You have a garage. Here's why I say that. Each gallon of water weighs approximately eight pounds. So if you're storing thousands of gallons of water in one spot in your house, <laughs> it can become an issue if you live in a wood frame house. I'm just saying. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. <laughs> but I think that about covers water. Is there anything you can think of besides? Except to say it again, I just want you to pay attention. When in doubt, boil the shit out of it. Filter boil, yes. filter boil, filter, filter boil. boil. And, and and I know it sounds like I'm being insane, but I'm telling you that bad water is worse than no water. Yeah, yeah. Think about, because I he, mean, there were horror stories when I was in the Navy. They talked about people who got dehydrated and their cautionary tales, I hope, right? Is that you would get people who would drink salt water. They were so thirsty. And at that point, you just destroy yourself. And and the same thing. If you are suffering from dehydration and you decide, you know what? I'm going to drink straight from that stream without purifying it at all. It's a clear stream. Yeah, well, you didn't see the deer that pissed in it or shit in it fucking half mile upstream 
and now you're infected with the disease. If you think dehydration sucks, try dehydration because you're literally shitting yourself dry. Just, just saying. But with that wonderful note, I think mm-hmm. we have covered water effectively. So thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time on another episode of Winter's Call. I'm Odin. And this is Tier. And, and one quick reminder, please, if we have any questions, send one to uh, send us a message on, on Anchor or you know, whichever way you want to contact us. But uh, yes. we're happy to answer any questions. All right. We got to get off the call. Uh, we got to get off the podcast. I was talking about water. I have to. the preceding podcast is brought to you by heimdall keeper of the bifrost